by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Usually come Holy Week about Thursday or Friday, you know, I start thinking about Jesus being on that cross. My thoughts get heavy. And Saturday, I'm thinking about him being in the tomb, you know. So I start getting down during Holy Week. Then something told me, you know what? He's not on the cross again this week. He's not in the tomb. What he did was one and done. What he did was truly, if you'll grab a hold of this, once and for all. He's up there sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's celebrating with us, so there's no reason to be down. The deed is done, and the victory is won. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and just help me out here a minute? I think everybody in here, no matter where you are in your life, needs to give Jesus a little celebration. Hallelujah. So if you want to say thank you, Jesus, if you want to lift your hands, come on. He is risen. If you want to shout hallelujah, go ahead and do it right now. If you want to clap your hands, come on. Let's celebrate like we know he's alive. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is risen. And because he lives, I shall live also. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Well, you can be seated. Thank you for doing that with me. Sometimes we got to break the, the crust off of a Sunday morning. No, some of y'all have been cooking all morning, and, and some of you got plans, and you're thinking, hurry up, Pastor. Get on with this. <laughs> but no, you know what we de- need to do is we need to relax and celebrate this moment. This is a once a year where we, we can really come together and celebrate Easter. There's a story in John chapter 11. Jesus got a friend named Lazarus. Lazarus gets sick, and his sisters, Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus, come quick, Lazarus is sick. But Jesus, knowing what he's going to do, he doesn't come quick. He doesn't always do things like we think he ought, right? But Jesus comes, but by the time he gets there, Lazarus has been in the tomb dead for four days. And everybody is sad crying and mourning the death of Lazarus, saying, Jesus, if you'd only been here. And it was so sad, it broke Jesus' heart. And the Bible says Jesus wept. Do you know that Jesus cares about your pain and suffering and sorrow? He's not some emotionless God. He cares about the things. And you know what he hates? Death. He came to conquer And he now holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But the Bible says the last thing to be put under his feet is death. And he knows how it makes us feel when our loved ones die. It says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints and his loved ones. So Jesus weeps with them, even though he knows what he's about to do. You know, I think maybe 
Jesus was not only weeping the fact that they were crying and he was in the tomb, but just maybe he's upset about the way some of us live our lives. Like we live our lives in the tomb. Like we stay in the darkness. You know, he was in there four days. He's starting to stink. (laughs) His sister said, by now he stinketh. And some of us begin to lose hope. And our lives begin to just sit there. And they get a little smelly. And so Jesus is weeping with them. And Martha says, Jesus, if you'd have been here, you could have raised him up and healed him. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. She says, I know, Lord, I know. On the last day, he shall be raised. And then Jesus said something that just rocks my world every time I read it. Just knocks me flat out. Just some, he says something that no man could ever say. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. John eleven twenty five, I think. Just hearing him say, I am. It's like, ooh, Mufasa, you know, gives me the chills. He says, I am. He is the great I am. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Think about that. Resurrection, we all need a resurrection. We got to, you know, we're all dead in our sins and trespasses until we're resurrected into a new life with Christ. So he raises us from our spiritual death and gives us a heavenly home to look forward to. But not only that, he is the life. Have you thought about that? He resurrects us, and then he's the way that we find life and life more abundantly. The kind of life that he has planned for you. Man, Clint Eastwood ain't never said nothing like that. That was awesome. You say, well, anybody can say anything. But it was about a week later that he was in his own tomb. And on the third day, he proved he is who he said he was. He proved that his word is true, right? So what does the resurrection mean for us? You know, I used to say, well, yeah, they they put him on the cross and he died and you know, but what's that got to do with me? It has everything to do with us. That's why he was there. It was our cross. It was our wrath that he suffered, paying for our sin. And if we will ask Jesus to be the Lord of our lives, we'll be resurrected, body, soul, and spirit, in every way. Our spirits are resurrected the moment we ask Jesus to be the Lord. This this spirit that was dead, dark, and his sins and trespasses is now brought to new life by his spirit that is infused in ours. And it brings us a resurrection in our spirit. And our bodies will be resurrected at the rapture. These mortal bodies shall put on immortality. There will be new bodies. And then our souls our mind, our will, our emotions, our, who we are on the inside. That's who we, that's who we know the, the most, maybe. Who we are on the inside will be resurrected day by day as we walk out this process of life called sanctification. That's a big old church word, isn't it? 
Anybody in here sanctified? Anybody chicken fried? <laughs> Anybody bonafide? You know, if we're getting on the chicken. <laughs> but Jesus wants to be the life. And he wants to walk this thing with you. And he wants to res- resurrect your, your life day by day. Your soul. And what we're going to talk about mostly today is to resurrect purpose in our lives. How many of you just kind of feel like I'm just kind of going through the motions right now? Have you seen the news? <laughs> you know, this world is causing us to, to lose hope. And we're already living in a low expectation generation. There's not a lot of expectation on anybody. People are like, oh, as long as I got a job, as long as I can pay the bills, I'll just, you know, make it through, you know, living for the weekend. How many knows living for the weekend isn't God's plan? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's any of you. As I, if I throw out some broad generalizations, don't take it personal. Because <laughs> I know many of you do have plans for your future. Many of you are striving and working for the, what you think your life ought to be. But what we want to get straight today is what is our life and what does God call us to be? Even the gravitational pull of this old earth, this fallen earth is sucking us down towards the grave. Every time it seems like you try to get back up, you get knocked back down. You try to take a step and you take two steps back. Can I get any amens? That it's hard down here. It was hard for Jesus down here. And there's a devil down here, by the way. And he's real. He doesn't have a pitchfork and a little tail. He's not cute little devil. He's here to kill you and destroy you. He doesn't want God, you to know God's plan for your life. He's doing everything he can to distract you and lead you about with a little carrot chasing things that don't matter. He don't care about your purpose. He, he care, he's scared that if you get in your purpose, <laughs> he's scared then. He wants you to wallow around in the ruts that we dig in life. I mean, he feels like they're in a rut right now. It's like, man, I can't get out of this thing. It's like living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, the things that used to be fun ain't fun no more. I'm just in a rut. Pastor, help me get out of this rut. This world is a distraction from God's real course of action for your life. Do you remember it wasn't long ago that you was about this tall and you wanted to be an astronaut? (laughs) I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. You had all these dreams. Man, you were ready to take on the world. Then you got to junior high, you know. (laughs) And everybody's like, oh, man, just fit in, be cool, smoke some weed, man, you'll be all right. We'll dumb down those aspirations you had for life. (laughs) I want to show you a couple of scriptures. I've already showed you one that already have rocked your world when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. But let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to look at like four scriptures today. That if you will really listen and you will let them plant in your heart, they will radically change your future. There ain't no question in my mind. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You know why you wanted to be an astronaut? You know why there was something in you calling you to greatness? It's because you were made in God's image. And our God is a warrior. He's a conqueror. He's an overcomer. He's not a couch potato. (laughs) Anyway, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. You're like, I don't feel like a masterpiece. <laughs> look at your neighbor. They don't look like one either. <laughs> no offense, but I mean, we don't look like masterpieces, you know? We don't feel like masterpieces. But you know what a masterpiece is? It's one of a kind. And God created you the way he wanted you to be. I know you're trying to fit in and be cool. You're trying to do what the world wants you to do, but what if, we, what if we gave up on the world's aspirations and realized that I'm God's masterpiece? He created me. He tells me what to do with my life. It says, in fact, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God has good things for you to do. There ain't no good things down there in that rut. (laughs) You're a masterpiece, one of a kind. You don't believe me? Look at your fingerprints. Man, if you was to kill somebody over in Russia and leave your fingerprints on a murder weapon, they'll come get you over here in Horn Lake, Mississippi. They will find you because of those fingerprints because there ain't nobody else got them fingerprints. And if you killed somebody 50 years ago and thought you got away with it, let them pull out a DNA test. They will solve that cold case. And if you got a personality, you already get yourself in trouble, right? (laughs) No, you got your own personality, I know. But how about we stop using our personality and our fingerprints to kill people? How How about we start doing good things that he planned for us when? Long ago, God has always had a plan. It takes some of us longer. It took me 32 years to even come to salvation. So, hey, we're all in this boat together. We're learning. But maybe today, look at your neighbor and say, maybe today. Maybe today you can experience a resurrection because you're a masterpiece. You have gifts and abilities that nobody else has in this whole wide world. And God is calling your name. He's saying, come forth, Lazarus. He called Lazarus by name. And Lazarus had a decision. Am I coming out of the tomb or I'm just going to stay in his comfort? I done got comfortable in here. That's all I know in this darkness. But he's calling you into the light. He's saying, come forth, Nicholas. Come forth, Mary Ellen. Come forth, Dean. He's calling us to to greater things, to a resurrection. He's calling us to resurrected life, onward, upward. He wants us to soar on wings as eagles, not peck around in the dust like chickens. The Bible says in Ephesians that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all power, principality, rulers of this present evil world. 
We have authority on, on this earth. We need to see ourselves from a higher perspective. Positionally, we're seated with Christ. We're part of the body. The devil is under our feet. Why would we live like the world when we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places? Look at your neighbor say, far above. You're far above. <laughs> Resurrected life. Anybody ever ate any Mississippi Biloxi gumbo? My grandfather used to live in Biloxi before he passed. And, and after my grandmother passed, he didn't take care of the house too good, I guess. Because one day me and my dad went down there to visit. And we were going to stay with him. He was going to cook us his famous Biloxi gumbo. I was looking forward to that. And he got some fresh shrimp off a local boat. Put it on his countertop by his sink, on his sink, you know. And he had some fresh vegetables. And he started chopping them up, you know, and throwing them in the in the pot, you know, he's just to make that gumbo. And I was just watching all excited, and then a big old roach come crawling up out of the sink across his cutting board. And he went and hit it with the with the with his hand like that and, and threw it off in the floor and kept on cutting. And I said, huh. Next thing you know, another one. This went on the whole time he was cooking here. He kept throwing stuff in the pot. How many knows I didn't eat the gumbo that night? I went to bed hungry. They put me on the couch, you know, and gave me a little blanket. And I was young. And uh, they went to bed and cut off the light. And I was sitting there. Couldn't go to sleep. Probably hungry. <laughs> and I was looking around. And I looked up at the wall as my eyes were adjusting. And I was like, what's that? It looked like the walls was moving. So I reached over there and grabbed the, the light. When I cut it on, whoo, roaches went everywhere. <laughs> How many knows I slept in the truck that night? I, I stole daddy's keys and went out there and slept in the truck. I did. True story. Why do I tell this story? I don't know. No, I do know. Because I want to give you an example of the things that we learn to live with in our lives. He didn't think anything about them roaches. It's amazing the things that we allow in our lives. If we ain't careful, we get used to. So I entitled today's message, Don't Eat the Gumbo, Dumbo. <laughs> Seriously, don't eat it. But the world says eat the gumbo. The world is into sameness. The world don't want you exceptional. The, the world don't want you to stand out for Jesus. The world wants to dumb us all down and be cool. Everybody just be cool. Everybody fit in. Everybody wear the same shoes. Talk the same language. We all got to be the same. But I'm here to tell you that your very souls are bedazzled with the character of a living God. You can't be happy fitting in as a Christian. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And you're crying out for more all the time. 
And if you don't live in the victory that God has provided for you, your soul will cry out, it'll wither, and you'll look for love in all the wrong places like that old country song. Next thing you know, you'll start filling that hole in your life with drugs and alcohol and pornography and all the things that God never intended for you to be a part of. Possessions and lustful pleasures and, man, just, I got to have some relief here. We're all crying out for these things. And you know, there's no condemnation because we all got to come to a place where that light comes on. We didn't know any better. You mean I've been eating this gumbo the whole time? I didn't know. I didn't know what God had in store for my life. But I pray today that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of his calling on your life. That's God's desire for you. That you live. Not only just be resurrected and got a ticket to heaven, but that you were resurrected and walk with life that God provides. Don't turn to the counterfeit, to the drugs and the alcohol. There's a guy named Bruce Marshall. He said something is awesome. He said, a man knocking on the door of a brothel is looking for God. He said, no, Pastor, he's looking for something else. Y'all, y'all know what a brothel is? I could say, a man knocking on the door to a crack house is looking for God. No, he's looking for crack. His flesh is looking for crack. His flesh is crying out because it's weary with failure and defeat. But his soul is looking for God. His soul is crying that there is more. There's more that I've been living. We need enough introspection to receive a resurrection. Maybe today there will be some introspections, some examining your life for a moment. Because the resurrection is here. It's available. Lazarus came forth and then Jesus did what? He sent the disciples to unwrap him. Loose him and let him go. Because, see, when he was in the tomb stinking, they had covered him up like a mummy. That's the way they did the dead bodies. And he was, he come out, he had to come out like this. He was all wrapped up. And Jesus said, loose him. He sent disciples. He sent people. That's what I'm here to do to help unwrap somebody today. Because you're coming out into the light. and you, It's like you've been in the dark. You can't see good. And you're all wrapped up. But God knows where you're at. And he's going to send laborers to begin to unwrap you. Christians, fellow Christians to sharpen that iron. To get you loose. And let them go. 
And I'm going to give you another scripture that's going to blow your mind. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. You say, how do I unwrap, pastor? What's the process? Because I want to do it. I'm tired of stinking. I got all this grave clothes on, this stinking thinking that's this got my mind bound. I need to know the truth because I heard the truth that set me free. I want to be free. How many wants to be free? Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be free. We all want to be free. And the truth, the word of God will set the captives free. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. It says, we use God's mighty weapons, not the worldly weapons. See, what, what is God's mighty weapon if it ain't the, the sword of the Spirit? We use God's mighty weapons, not the world's way, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. What's a stronghold but a fortified position? You have things in your mind you got from human reasoning. Grandma told you that was true, but you found out in the Word of God it's not. You learned about sex from a locker room somewhere. Human reasoning, things that that are lies that we have believed are strongholds in our mind. And so how do we do it? We knock down those strongholds of human reason and destroy false arguments. The devil is lying to you. He's got false arguments. He's a liar. And he's telling you, you've got to have these things to have fun. got to have these things to live life. So we got to destroy human reasoning and the lies of the enemy, and we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from what? What they really need. See, your problem is between these two things we call ears. Mine too. Oh, this thing's a mess up here, isn't it? It keeps us from knowing God because we think we got it all figured out. How many of you know everything already? <laughs> got life all figured out. How many's living your best life now? Not me. I got to keep coming. I got to keep fighting God's battles with God's weapons. I got to destroy the lies of the enemy. I got to get rid of the stinking thinking that I have believed that it lies from the enemy. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. And we capture every rebellious thought and teach them to obey Christ. We got to get those old thoughts out and get the word in. And Jesus, by the way, is the word of God. And that's who you walk with to get your victory. You're not here today just for the gift bag, are you? <laughs> I hate to tell you, it's just like some popcorn and candy in there. Or something. And somebody's saying, no, I didn't get the candy. You know? No. <laughs> We're glad you came. We just wanted to tell you thanks. But that's not why you came today. Whether you know it or not, you came because you want more. <laughs> At least you're not knocking on the door to a brothel, all right? You knocked on the door to the Passion Church this morning. And your soul is crying out for God. And you're in the right place. You're here for a resurrection today. 
And I'm going I'm to bring you to one more scripture. It might be the one that rocked my world the most. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Anybody getting anything? It is my pleasure to get to preach to you guys today. I love being a messenger. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Remember I said be a big picture person? Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. He's not being crucified anymore. He's up there where he ought to be, sitting in the place of honor. He's up there make, ever living to make intercession for us. He's believing the best about us. He's praying for us. When the devil, the accuser of the brethren is up there talking bad about us, Jesus said, remember the blood. They're mine. Hush your mouth. Hush your mouth, devil. He's up there at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Your earthly life is going to last you 70, 80, 90 years maybe, and it's over. How about we think longer, bigger, stronger thoughts about the reality. Heaven is more real than this chair right here. These natural things will pass away. But the reality is heaven and your, where your spirit is going to live in a new body with a, a, a resurrected soul is going to be forever. And here is the, the verse I really wanted to get to. You can tell the word of God is just, it's got me excited. Listen to this. For you died to this life. You say, well, I ain't ever died. I'm still here. No, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you died to the things of this world. You were buried with Christ in baptism, all right? And you were raised to a new life, whether you've been living it or not. For you died to this life in your real life. What you talking about, Willis? Real life. The Bible says we have a real life. That implies that some of us could be living a life that's not our real life. That implies that some of us may stand before God at the end and say, God, I did this. I achieved this. I was better than most. But you never lived your real life. And what is our real life if it's not the life that he has created us to live? As our designer, as our creator, is our Lord and Savior. We have a real life. And your real life is hidden. You're not going to find it by accident. Some of us are just ch chasing the biggest paycheck or chasing whatever feels good at the moment, but have never stopped to consider that God has a plan and maybe we should ask Him. We make all our decisions based on our human reasoning. But it's hidden with Christ in God. If I told you what your destiny is, what God has called you to do, I told you, I know where it's at, but I didn't give you the address. You may drive around your whole life looking for it and never even get close. 
But life is not a destiny. It's a journey. And it's one day at a time, pulling on your britches in the morning and saying, Jesus, what do you have for me today? And that's where your life is found. Your real life is hid in Christ. And all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. And everything good in your life is hidden in Christ with God. You can't find what's going to satisfy you apart from Christ. So my closing statement is, don't eat the gumbo, Dumbo. Man, I have ate too much gumbo in my life. But I count all those things as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life. I just want to follow him. I just want to live what he created me to live. You're a masterpiece. You're one of a kind. The person sitting next to you, that's... Their plan for their life is nowhere near your plan. You can't follow somebody else. Your daddy can't tell you what to be. Jesus is the resurrection. And he is your real life. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.